Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura, and I am a graduate student studying climate science. This podcast is a really cool space to share a lot of things that I take for granted, like general climate change education or personal sustainability efforts, things that are not necessarily common knowledge, but totally should be. We're talking about climate change and sustainability for a whole bunch of different angles, but also always just sharing tips on how to be a more responsible citizen of the planet. I am so, so excited. Today, we are talking to Carly Bergman. Carly is an Instagrammer, a public speaker, and an all-around big sustainability advocate. She's online talking about some super cool, pretty specific topics when it comes to living an eco-friendly lifestyle. So what originally caught my eye was her stance on eco-spirituality, a term that I hadn't actually been exposed to before, which is kind of surprising. I'm really, really excited that we're talking about eco-spirituality today, but also we're talking about her education in permaculture and getting a little bit into other aspects of her eco-friendly lifestyle, so veganism, and we're also talking about just the idea of like living very mindfully. Carly is super insightful about really conscious living and just doing whatever she can to reduce her footprint on the planet. Again, whether that is permaculture, spirituality, or zero waste or whatever it might be. There's so many different aspects that we're going to talk about today that I'm really excited that y'all get to hear a little bit about. Today, we're starting to talk about some of the experiences that pushed her towards this more eco-friendly lifestyle and how she's maintaining those practices as a young adult, just like most of us. We're both from South Florida, and I am so excited to have found her online because she is so cool, and I feel like I could truly pick her brain for hours. Sustainability doesn't have to be perfect, and it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. So with that, here is a little bit of my conversation with Carly. I hope y'all enjoy. All right. Well, hey, Carly. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm really, really excited to be talking to you right now for the podcast. Um, I know. Thank you so much for thinking of me and having me. I love spreading the word and, you know, planting these seeds wherever I can. So I'm always up for doing these amazing podcasts. Thanks again for thinking of me. No, of course. Thank you. I have been following you for a little while on Instagram now, and I'm really interested in this idea of just self-sustainability and eco-spirituality, which was a term that I hadn't really been introduced to before. I feel like I've maybe heard it once or twice. Um, but I would love for you to just like give a little bit of background on who you are and just how you got into this space. Okay, perfect. So um, again, you know, my name is Carly Bergman and I grew up in Illinois, um, northwest suburbs of Chicago. And I had an amazing upbringing here, um, very good family. And my mom is the one who brought nature connectedness to my life. I grew up composting. Um, my idea of fun was going in my backyard and looking under rocks for spiders. I was never a, uh, a Barbie-type doll little lady. I was always outside with my mom. And so I could really thank her for giving me that connection to the outdoor world. And from my upbringing, I was introduced to a juice bar that's local, and that's where I got into veganism. And I know, are you a valuable addict like me? Because I have an issue. Um, <laughs> I know it tends to be. <laughs> yes. It, it's an expensive habit, but, you know, it's so worth it because it, you're obviously investing in your health. But I worked at a juice um, at a table shop, and that's where my passion for sustainability and 
anything really came into fruition. And I worked there for five years, just educating um, the masks on our customer clientele on sustainability, plant-based eating. It, it was a raw, organic vegan restaurant. So not only, you know, we're processed sugar-free, we're basically soy-free, allergen-free, all these processed foods. So I really dove deep into plant-based eating when I was 15 years old. And from there, I um, graduated high school, moved to Florida, went to Florida Gulf Coast University, and I got my degree in integrated studies, concentrating on eco-spirituality and sustainability. Pretty much my passion. I live and breathe sustainability, um, as we all should. Is you know the basics of living, but that really is my passion: spreading the word of sustainability and helping people implement plant-based eating and holistic living into their lifestyle. Wow, that is super cool. Yeah, I'm all about a good juice bar. I don't really have one super close to me right now, and I think that's the one thing that I really miss about Florida right now. Besides the weather, of course, it's just like a good. Right constant supply of fruit um I want to backtrack right, yeah. oh. <laughs> so many tropical trees I there's a hidden um well there's an abandoned gas station right by my house and behind the abandoned gas station there's fruit trees because he used to be a farm fan so my boyfriend Brenda and I will go sneak behind the abandoned gas station and it's incredibly sketchy um but we have harvested huge like 40 pound 30 pound jackfruit just ginormous fruit and wow. it's crazy seeing the jackfruit on the tree if you've ever seen it they're just like this huge like life-size like baby uh, like size fruit on a tree it's like how is this even how is this even possible so nature is ridiculous and jackfruit is one of the best fruits i've ever had have you tried it yes i love jackfruit it's ridiculous. I like when people ask me about like, what is jackfruit? What are you eating? And I just tell them to look at my basically you'll be able to see, you know, my light, eyes light up. Like that should be the whole explanation of jackfruit. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Wow. That sounds, I mean, definitely a little bit sketchy, but that sounds like <laughs> such a great surprise resource. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds I'll be awesome. Yeah, I'll how long this lasts. Maybe you might see me in the news, like, <laughs> a solicitor. And someone's, you know, trespassing on abandoned gas station. It's just me and Brendan, our mugshots, the jackfruit. <laughs> that would be, I would be willing to do that. <laughs> uh, wow, that's so funny. I, I want to backtrack just a little bit and touch on eco-spirituality. So you said that was one of your concentrations in school. And um, like I said earlier, I hadn't really heard about it before. So could you give us like a little bit of background on what actually is eco-spirituality? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, of course. So basically, eco-spirituality is connecting religion to environmental activism. So no matter what your religion is, there is a connection to nature. So it's kind of like a universalist form of the integration of spirituality into the outdoors and it's like I tell everyone it's just kind of going to the basics of being intuitive with nature so being intuitive so some a simple example I usually give people is gardening so I um, had a couple of internships in college working on organic farms and organic permaculture and are you familiar with permaculture at all because I've so happy to explain what permaculture is. Yeah, I am, but go ahead and like explain it a little bit for listeners. 
Okay, so permaculture is basically a self-sustaining farm, um, and usually in Florida, it tends to be agroforestry, which is, is a bunch of um, woody trees, like fruit trees, and um, you take a plot of land and you plant you plant plants very systemically, um, and each plant has a very specific place. So, for example, you plant bamboo on the northwest side of a plot of land to block the wind. And then you plant a fruit tree on the west side because that's the side that gets the most sun. And then you plant a certain plant somewhere else wherever there's a ton of water so it can absorb the water. So it's like this whole, like, intelligence ecosystem. And that's all nature is. You know, it's an ecosystem of intelligence. And because I had that um, relationship with the permaculture and the land through the internship, it really increased my realm of experience with my connection with nature. So um, through permaculture, through learning about the ecosystem, I was able to integrate that into my own life by intuitive gardening. So basically how um, intuitive gardening works is planting, um, planting annuals, perennials with the moon phases. So it's kind of, um, some people hear that and they're like, okay, what? You know, like, you know, that's, that's just some hippie, hippie BS. But um, energetically and scientifically, it makes sense because think about, like, if our bodies are all water and, you know, the ocean is obviously all water and the waves go with the moon phases. Um, we know this, you know, the spring tides, low tides. And so when our bodies, um, you know, we kind of, are cyclical, our systems are cyclical with the moon phase, and so are plants. So you plant certain seeds during the full moon and the new moon for the best um, production of the fruit and the vegetables. So that's the way you get your most, um, your, your highest yield. So it's very complex, um, but at the same time, it's very simple. It's just paying attention to nature's cues and just being mindful of the moon phase and the weather and the energy and the pollutants in your area and just kind of um, weaving your way to make the most productive and happy ecosystem. So that's why I love permaculture because it is so sustainable. It's not like a monoculture where you're just wiping out a ton of land. As I'm sure if you've heard of monoculture, obviously, they're extremely destructive. Wow, that is super cool. I hadn't realized that permaculture um, is planted with the cycles of the moon. That's really interesting, and it makes total right. sense. It makes so much sense, and you know, it's some, some, you know, every permaculture is going to be completely different than the next. And some permaculture um, enthusiasts will plant with the moon; some will not. Um, it kind of just depends. But it's funny because all my friends, all of my friends in Florida, you know, they have their plots of land with permacultures, and they just straight up say they're like, you know, they have these relationships with their plants, and they like see their plants they know if they're sad and so if you know quote unquote sad um they'll move their plant around the yard to you know and they're just being intuitive with the plant with what the plant wants in a specific location and moving it around um to where it should be so it's not only with the moon phase it's just with everything and just being mindful with the plant instead of just being like you know and eh, i'm just gonna plant this here and if it doesn't work then whatever you know it's just really trying to um be mindful of the whole um the whole shebang so 
that you know it's a really it's really an interesting concept to grasp um and it did take me a while to get into it initially when i heard of planting with the moon cycles i'm like i've always been interested in energy work you know but um never very um i was always skeptical per se but once i really got in tune and i was actually planting with the moon with my internship i was like no way like this is just some hippie dippy stuff you know it's actually it's science and then the same thing with veganism you know it, it had that connotation with being um hippy dippy spiritual um you know tying along with some movements that it might not even be necessarily um like i would just you know the feminist movement in the 70s when everyone was like going vegan feminist um hippie you know it's kind of like has that little connotation with it but really um like it's just science. So that's why I'm so happy to teach people about how to plant, do permaculture, and plant-based eating, just because it really makes the most sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I hadn't really thought that much about veganism, honestly, until I got actually to graduate school. But it makes so much sense for even your, like, from a health perspective, you need to be eating as plant-based as possible for just, like, optimal. There's so many research studies showing all of the things that come along with animal agriculture. I saw on your Instagram stories the other day something about, like, you had a professor who would go to the grocery store and was able to see, um, what was it? It was not, it wasn't pesticides, but it was, like, um. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Could you, like, parasites. Could you, like, talk a little bit briefly about that? Because I saw that. That was a couple weeks ago, and that stuck with me. I, like, cannot buy anything from the deli counter right now. So, um, a couple years ago when I was taking, um, my environmental chemistry classes, biologies and whatnot. I have this one biology professor, um, and his name is Matt. And Matt um, really was into amphibian research and parasites, and he would tell us all these crazy stories in class. And one day, you know, I, I've been plant-based for five years, so, um, I, you know, he knew I was vegan, and um, he was always messing with me. And he was like, Carly, you know, like, I because I took the parasite class, I can go to the grocery store and I can see what meats and what fish and, you know, raw meat, poultry, whatever is at the deli. I can see what has live worms and live parasites and eggs in it. And I was like, Matt, why are you trying to make me vomit in the middle of our biology lab? I'm like, I am going to projectile vomit everywhere. I'm like, this is the nastiest thing. I have heard because, you know, I never, I mean, I used to see the videos of the cows with the tumors and, you know, um, that's being caught up into meat. And so, you know, um, I always was familiar that, you know, you can't get sick, you can't get food poisoning from parasites and stuff, but I never really realized that you can identify with the naked eye parasites and worms in meat. And sometimes, you know, you cook it and it's still there. So, that story alone got my mom to go vegan. She was like, that is the nastiest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, eh. I'm like, yeah. And then imagine, you know, um, because I got into the zero waste lifestyle, um, and I think a lot of people have a hard time giving up fish. I know that was one of the last things that I gave up just because we don't really sympathize with fish as much as we do with cows for whatever reason. Um, but now that I'm in the zero waste lifestyle, I tell people, I'm like, Listen, like, you're eating fish that's infused with plastic. So not only are you eating animal products that are infused with parasites, but they're also infused with hormone-disrupting, cancer-causing plastic materials. And everyone's like, 
Carly, like, can I just eat in peace? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And it, it's, no, I do, I do respect everyone's um, opinion, you know. I used to be, like, kind of an angry activist, I would call myself. I did a lot of protesting, and I still do protesting, um, but I don't do, you know, I, I try not to judge people because I know that I didn't, I haven't always been vegan my entire life, so I'm just not in this position to judge people for eating meat. I'd rather um, lead by example and just showcase my lifestyle um, rather than reprimand because I reprimanded my family for so long and about a year and a half ago, like when I stopped, um, you know, doing a lot of protests, I just released judgment on them and I'm like, listen, I'm going to do me, I'm going to be happy and just live my life and not yell at you guys for eating me anymore. You know what's wrong and you know what you're doing and I still accept you and again, not going to judge you and literally the moment I did that, my mom and my brother went vegan. So <laughs> um, that's also a good piece of advice I have for anyone who's, you know, dealing with a hard time with their family, um, not being sustainable or not being ethically um, or morally consistent. I would just say, you know, release judgment, be patient, just be, lead by example, because for me, that's the most impactful. But also we do need activists and protesters, and I still love my friends that protest, and I go and support them. But, um, you know, blogging and leading by example is kind of like my path right now, and I think it's being really effective, you know, because I found you through it. Oh, thank you. I found you through it. I love the idea of leading yeah. by example. <laughs> um, I love the idea of leading by example because I always like to tell people, like, if you are up for all of these different concepts, whether it is veganism or low waste or, um, you know, maybe it's like just reducing your water footprint, like what matters to you might not necessarily matter to me. And what works for me is not necessarily going to work for you based on like where you live and what your lifestyle is like. Um, so I am all about the idea of leading by example. And you have so many different kind of topics that you tackle, like with your, um, let's call it like a casual activism, I guess, would be that, like, would just be that kind of leading by example mentality. So we talked about eco-spirituality. You just mentioned like a zero waste lifestyle. We've talked about veganism. What are like some easy suggestions you give people for just getting into any of these things? Because it seems like when I talk to people and we talk about sustainability, it is this massive undertaking to just start a, living a more eco-friendly lifestyle so even before you start getting judged by your friends and family or whatever it is like how do you even start where do you like point people so I everyone you know everyone in my family it's funny when I got back so last year um I gone to Nicaragua for Christmas and I did um a sustainable volunteer trip for a month there and that's what initially um transitioned me into a zero-waste lifestyle because I was living in Nicaragua. They do not have um, a proper waste system. Now, all of their trash is just completely burned. And, you know, that plastic is going into the air. You're breathing it in. It's going into the water. I actually got staph infection when I was there because the water is so polluted. So, um, you know, I just tell people um, all I'm doing is going back to the basics. And my family, when I got back for Christmas this year, they're like, Carly, what you're doing is so cool, you know, good for you, go get it. And I'm like, listen, and Laura, you know, <laughs> I, um, I love you, but what I'm doing, you know, it's cool for sure, um, but it's nothing that you can't do. I'm just simply going back to the basics of living. Um, so 
I encourage my family to rather say, like, yes, you can say what I'm doing is cool and it's amazing, but instead of giving me that compliment, I would rather you um, just consider what you're doing um, as an individual and try to implement it into your own lifestyle, you know? Um, that would be, mean more to me than it would to compliment me. But everyone, again, is on their own path, and, they're t- you know, everyone's going to go about it. Um, go about the transition to um, contemplative living and um, ethical living a different way and I really do understand that now and it's really taken me a long time to understand that but um, I think the quote like with um, the company I have with my boyfriend Brendan called Sustainable Duo um, we provide sustainability and plant-based consulting we um, have zero waste survival kits so we throw like sustainable toothbrushes and straws and utensils and bowls all these different sustainable zero waste products into survival kits um and we have ebooks as well and our slogan for um sustainable duo is back to the basics because that's all we're doing like yes what we're doing is cool but that's because that's how the planet originally like that's how humans are supposed to be and we're supposed to live minimally and Oh, yeah. No, thank you so, so much for, you know, kind of elaborating on that. And thank you for mentioning Sustainable Duo. I will definitely have your Etsy shop linked in the show notes. Um, I recently saw like um, a recipe that you posted and I had no idea that you even had an ebook. And I feel like that's just such a handy resource for people, especially if you don't know where to start. You just like need some, I mean, guidance basically on just like, what even are the basics? I feel like we're like... Our generation in particular is so out of touch with, um, you know, like, how are you supposed to live? I hadn't really thought about, like, produce coming in plastic before, but when you take a step back and think about it, like, food at a very basic level should not come in a box, should not come in plastic. So I think just the idea of, like... Yeah, that's, I mean, as I transition to a zero-waste lifestyle, everything I buy um, is in bulk. So I'll go to a local grocery store by me that has an amazing bulk section, and I get, I eat um, probably around like a 95% raw diet, so um, Ooh, our okay. cart, when we go shopping, it's like tons of apples, watermelon, oranges, mangoes, um, raw lettuces and stuff. And then we go to a local farmer who provides us with a lot of greens and microgreens and sprouts and seeds. And then we can go to the bulk section and get um, get almonds, cashews, and things for nut butters and almond milks and, um, you know, dairy-free milks that we can make ourselves. And that's the beauty of living a zero-waste lifestyle because you're not eating any food that's in plastic packaging. Um, and you're, for the most part, you know, and also I want to say that zero-waste living is not producing absolutely zero-waste. Um, so although I strive to live a zero-waste lifestyle, I don't label myself as zero-waste anymore just because live, labeling yourself as zero-waste is impossible because I drive a car and, you know, like, although I try to ride my bike wherever I can, like yesterday I rode my bike to get lunch and dinner to the grocery store and the dentist, but if I have to drive somewhere, like yesterday, last night, I drove to the city at 9 p.m. and I drove my car and, you know, that's emitting waste. And even though, like, Brent and I have a hybrid car, it's a waste. So basically that little spiel is just kind of explaining that 
Um, it's impossible to produce absolutely zero waste on this planet. That's just how it is. So just striving for a zero-waste lifestyle and living a low-impact lifestyle is the goal. So when we go shopping, we don't purchase any plastic. Um, we get all bulk foods. We bring our own bulk bags, our own reusable bags, our own glass jars to fill up on things like um, bulk balsamic vinegar, bulk maple syrup, um, and that's just basically the goal. And there's days I go without using plastic. There's weeks that I go without using plastic. Um, but in this culture, plastic is just handed to you sometimes. Like for Christmas, I asked my family for absolutely no gifts, and they couldn't do that because they're like, but, but, but I need to get you something because our culture is so obsessed with um, getting material items. So they actually got me gift cards. Um, and gift cards are plastic. So I'm like, oh, great. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm so grateful for this gift. Like, thank you for thinking of me. But I just, I didn't want this plastic, you know. Um, but, I'm, you know, you just got to do the best you can without stressing yourself out because, you know, you're going to have plastic. Someone's going to hand you a receipt. Someone's going to hand you something plastic that you don't want. Um, but it's all about just reducing your waste on a day-to-day -day level and just being mindful of what you're doing and, you know, learning from your mistakes and evolving every single day. That's what Brenda and I tell ourselves, like, 1% better every single day. And since we live by that, like, our lives are completely different than how they were even two weeks ago. But we're constantly evolving because that's the point of the human existence, you know? And I think some people kind of lose sight of that. Oh, wow. I love that so much. Thank you so much for just pointing out the, I mean, essentially evolution side of this lifestyle. I do think that the idea of a zero waste lifestyle is something to really strive for, but being in something that's like come to my attention lately is just being in academia or, um, you know, any other like school-based research field. I've been thinking a lot about evolution as you know like a general society and you can't really have a zero waste lifestyle if you're going to continue to make computers or you know like things like that if we're right. going to continue to evolve even technologically it's not an option zero right. waste is like so unattainable right. for sure and you know there's so also something that i point out to someone it's like i they see that i'm living a zero waste lifestyle and you know some people um on social media are quick to point out what I'm not doing, and I'm talking to you right now on an iPhone, you know, and that's right. not sustainable, um, but also, this is the day and age that we live in, and I need to spread my zero-waste, um, like, eco-spiritual, permaculture lifestyle to people, and if that's how people are going to get the information, um, although I don't want to be on my phone all the time, and I don't... Um, necessarily want to be staring at a screen. I'd rather be having like an eco spiritual little experience outside. But um, this is what I'm choosing to do, and this is how I'm going to really impact masses of people. And so, by making this decision, and you know, um, admitting that yes, I'm not perfect, and I'm totally okay with that because in this culture, like, what is perfect? You know, like <laughs> I live in a house too, and that's not sustainable. So it's like you can go down quite a rabbit hole. So just going back to saying, like, you know, don't reach for perfection. Just reach to the most, like, ethical um, human you can possibly be. And, again, 1% better every day. Wow, I love that. Thank you so much. I, yeah, I think course. we're, like, about 
We're, like, about at time, what we estimated. Um, where can everyone find you online? Go ahead and, like, pimp yourself out. So, online, you can find me. My major presence is on Instagram, um, Carly underscore Bergman. And I have an account with my boyfriend, Brendan, Sustainable Duo. So, that's just Sustainable underscore Duo. And then you can look us both up at SustainableDuo.com. And so that's where we are um, primarily sending or selling our ebooks and zero waste kits and our consulting services. So that's all on there. And we're also doing a lot of events um, lately. So um, within the next couple of months, we're going to Portland, Canada, and Arizona, and back to Florida, um, and maybe abroad in a couple places. And we're presenting on zero waste. Um, it's where her talk is called Get Zero Wasted. Um, and so we're <laughs> presenting it. It's at Adventure Fest, um, other sustainable festivals. So there's an event page on our website. So whoever is listening, if you know, they're anywhere um, around the world, you know, you can see where we're going to be and hopefully attend a couple of the events. Ooh, awesome. Great. Well, thank you so, so much for just taking the time this morning to chat. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for thinking of me. And I'm like so happy that you're, you took the initiative to start a podcast too because we need change makers to do podcasts. And we need change makers to do, you know, protests. And, you know, we all have like this different place. And it's cool how everyone can contribute in their own authentic way because, you know, it's all going to the bigger picture. So. I will have Carly's Instagram links down below as well as the shop website for the Sustainable Duo. So you can go ahead and pick up some of those zero waste survival kits that she mentioned. She's always sharing little tidbits of her eco-friendly lifestyle on Instagram stories, which I really, really love. Like if I had not seen her bringing her own bowl to a juice bar, I probably wouldn't have realized that I could do it too. If you enjoyed this episode of Eco Chic, please, please let me know. Leave a review, leave a rating, whatever it is, wherever you listen to podcasts. I love hearing that y'all are sharing these episodes with your friends, so please continue to do so. This podcast is now available wherever you get your podcasts, so it should be pretty easy to find me. You can also follow me on Instagram at Laura E. Diaz, and if you want to talk, slide into my DMs. That's the easiest way to get in contact with me for sure. You can also check out my website, lauraediaz.com, and that's where I write some more in-depth articles on sustainability and some of my travel adventures too, which is kind of fun. So thank you so much for listening, and I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day.